Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Uh, Psalm 23. Uh, Is the Lord my shepherd? That's my title. Is the Lord my shepherd? Uh, We'll look at it in in four parts. The shepherd is sufficient in verses 1 through 3. In verse 4, the shepherd provides peace. In verse 5, the shepherd's protection. And in verse 6, the shepherd provides eternal security. And I told you, and as we looked at Mark chapter 6, verse 34, uh, one of the things that I read last week that really stood out to me, and the reason why I wanted to do this is because in Mark chapter 6, verse 34, it says, When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, this is Jesus, and he had compassion on them because they were sheep without a shepherd and began to teach them many things. And John 10, verse 11 says, and this is Jesus again, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And so when we look at these verses, this is probably one of the most well-known verses in the Bible. It's used in literature all the time. And, and sadly, when we have well-known verses in the Bible, we have a tendency to do what? I already know it. And so we need to be very careful with that. The question that we need to ask ourselves is, is the Lord my shepherd? Because if he is my shepherd, am I following him? If he's not, if I haven't made him my shepherd, we need to, you know, talk about that. Because it's the shepherd that provides help in the valley. And, and it's the shepherd that answers the questions that are going on in the world today. That's who we can go to and seek. But what happens is, is we see a society today that seeks answers from Google, that seeks answers from the news, that seeks answers from... You know, all the internet stuff. And, and you have the best answer in your, in your hand, the Bible. You have God's Word. And, and what happens is we as Christians can forget that the authority that should be guiding our lives is God's Word. But what happened in 2020 and 2021 is we see a lot of Christians that have allowed themselves to be guided by secularism or cultural. And, and so it's, it's sad to see, but one of the things I love about this verse is we just need to get refocused, redire- redirected on what we should be doing. And, and honestly, we need to turn off the TV. And I think that would help everybody. Just turn them off for a couple of days, you know, just let them be for a bit. Um, you know, most of the times we hear this verse, you'll hear it at funerals, right? Or before somebody goes in the hospital, they'll pray and pray this verse for them. But one of the things I want you to do is this is one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible as it talks about Yahweh and his relationship with his sheep, us. And so we'll look at the first point here. The shepherd is sufficient. So the Lord is my shepherd. First, you see the word is. It it doesn't mean that he is sometimes your shepherd. 
it means he is all the time your shepherd. That's why it says the Lord is, is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And you may ask that question, who, who is God? Or how can I trust him as a shepherd? Uh, by what authority is he qualified to be my shepherd? And, and I can tell you straight up, just by going through the, the, the word of God, you can see that, that my Lord is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present, God is an invisible, personal, internal spirit who is absolute perfection. He is the only, one, only God that existed and that will ever exist. He is not the same as the creation, but He lords over it. He's also personally involved in the affairs of the universe. Finally, He's knowable, and it's possible for His creation to have a personal relationship with Him. And that's why it says in John 10, 11, I am the Good Shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And what we forget is those I am statements and how important those I am statements are in the book of John. There's uh, a, a few of them that are listed there throughout the book of John because that's what Moses asked. Who do you say sends me? I am. And that's why those I am statements are so important in the book of John. In John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus claimed that before Abraham was born, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, and the, way the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. That's why those, those statements are so important. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20, through 20, uh, 13, verses 20 and 21, it says, Now may, God, may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus the great shepherd of, of, of the sheep by the blood of eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in, uh, in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. It's like he's going to equip you. He is the shepherd. He's, he's going to take care of you. And so Jesus is, is one of the things that we have to realize is as that shepherd, that means that we are his what? Sheep. Now, when we look at sheep, uh, it's, it's, there are a couple of things that stand out about sheep. And I'll go over this real quick so that way we understand. Um, sheep can, can be unkept. They can be filthy. Now, what do I mean by that? Now, sheep actually excrete an oil in order for its wool to, to, to have that take place, right? That beautiful wool that we want. But what happens is when it excretes oil, wherever that sheep lies down, everything sticks to it. And so it's dirty. And it reminded me of, of us. One of the things I'm like, that's how we were. We can be that way. You know, it's, it's our sin. It's, it's, it's the wonderful verse in, in, uh, that Paul talks about in Romans chapter 7, verses 19 and 20. It says, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what, kept, uh, what I keep doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. We could all look in the mirror and say, I've been there. There are times that I'm like, man, right? And then Paul says it in Romans chapter 7, verse 24, Wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that 
I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. And then finally in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is, there is, uh, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when we think about sin, just think of an easy way to remember it. It's like we always want to try to see how far we can get without getting into sin. Anybody who's driven around Natalia or, or, or Divine, you, you, what do you see all the time? Where are the cows doing and the horses doing? They're in a fence. Every one of them have their head out trying to get the grass on the other side of the fence. That's what we do. We're trying to see how much I can get away with in unkept, dirty you know, sheep. That's what we, we can be sometimes. But we have a shepherd. And, and you can see that Paul struggled with this too. And, and so I always tell people at the end of the day, your, your pursuit is holiness. Your pursuit is righteousness. You're going you're gonna to make mistakes. You have grace for the journey. It doesn't mean that we just sin. In Romans chapter 6, verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? So we, we don't have a license to sin. If you're struggling with that today, you need to confess it. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That gift is free, but you have to repent. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, all, all unrighteousness. In Psalm 103.12, it says, As far as from the east is from the west, as so far does he remove our transgressions from us. The shepherd's the only one who can cleanse us. That's why we need the shepherd. What's the next thing that sheep are? They're helpless. They're helpless. They, they can't defend themselves. They, they don't have a, a way to defend themselves. So uh, do they have camouflage? No. They don't, right? Can they run fast? No. <laughs> they're poor. They're known as panicked animals. They're poor and timid and all. The best defense for the sheep is to stay next to the shepherd. And that's the same for us as a fellowship. It's, it's to say we need to, we need, uh, to stick together as, as a church. Not to be scattered. That time is gone. The church cannot be scattered again. And, and it's time, you know, for us is to, to encourage our brothers and sisters to, uh, to return. In John chapter 10, verses 7 through 10, it says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever, uh, ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear me. I am the door. If any, anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief that does come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. It's like if we're going to be defended, we need to stick to the shepherd. The last thing that sheep are are foolish. 
Okay? Now, I'm sure some of y'all have probably seen that video of the, uh, of the sheep getting stuck in the crack. And the shepherd has to pull the sheep out. And the sheep takes four steps and goes right back into the crack again. And the shepherd goes over and pulls the sheep out. And the sheep takes another four steps and goes right back in the crack again. And that's us. But the shepherd's there. Uh, you know, one of the things that is, you, you can't train a sheep. They, they, they have bad eyesight. <laughs> so they don't hear well either. And so at the end of the day, we need, we need our shepherd. Uh, there, there was an incident, and, I, and I've shared this story before, where there was a, a, a sheep that decided to run off the cliff. And 1,500 sheep took off with it and died. That sheep, they're, they're foolish. They need a shepherd to guide them. And so when we look at, is the Lord my shepherd, are you going to allow him to guide you? And it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, any of us who have grandkids or kids, you take a child down the toy aisle, you know that they want. You take grown men to the Home Depot or Lowe's or to Best Buy, you know they want. You know, if the girls go to, to their stores, I don't know what they are. I'm not going to sit here and act like I do. But they, they want, like we're in America, we have a desire to want. But we need to understand that, uh, that, that our, our needs are taken care of by the Lord. Ecclesiastes 5.15 says, As he came from his mother's womb, he shall go again naked as he came, and shall take nothing for his toil that uh, he may carry away in his hand. John D. Rockefeller's accountant was asked, Hey, how much did, did John D. leave? And the, the accountant turned around and told the newspaper guy all of it. He didn't take none of it with him. Didn't matter how rich he was. Didn't matter how much he had. You're not taking it with you. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 and it says, And my God will supply every, every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so what do the sheep need? They primarily need food. They need grass. They need water. They need rest. And the shepherd knows exactly what their needs are and they're never lacking from their needs. And so sometimes what we have to ask ourselves too is are, do we have a desire to want? And we already have. And, and so, you know, there are people around us that may need. And so there, those are opportunities for us to help. Verse 2 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. You know, we talked about this last week in Mark chapter 6, verse 31. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And I talked to you all about this last week. The word rest in the Greek actually means intermission of toil. Intermission of toil. And, and, and how important rest is. Now, rest is not just you going and sleeping for 12, 8 hours or something. It's actually you taking time to actually spend with the Lord, your day, the Lord your God each day. And actually to take time for you to rest and, and, and break away from the, the day-to-day. And take, take a, a, a trip to the beach or up to the mountain or do something. 
to, to strengthen your marriage, to strengthen your family. Those are, are times of rest. What I always hear is people will say, I'm, I'm, I need a vacation from my vacation. You'll hear that all the time. And I'm like, what kind of vacation was that? My mom was famous for those kind of vacations. She had to have an itinerary. 10 o'clock, you're going to do this. At 10.05, you're going to do this. And it was like, aren't we on vacation? And, and so you need to have time of rest. Time of rest is, is, is that intermission of toil. It's actually to spend with God. And so when he says he makes me lie down, he will make you lie down. Now, some people had that happen during 2020. They were going 100 miles a minute, and, and the Lord made them lay down for a little bit and rest. And, and so it, it says, but it, I love what he says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides what? Still waters. It's, it's, we need that rest. And that's what, what, what happens as people's schedules get so busy that they don't have time for the Lord. They don't make time to be in the Word each day and to pray. And their relationship gets distanced. And they can't figure out why they're struggling in their marriage or why they're struggling in their family. Their families are struggling. And they're not connected to the Lord. In, in verse 3 it says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. And that's to lead gently. Because sheep, you can't drive them like you do cows. You have to lead them gently. And they know they're, they're you know, there's another great video of, of, of a shepherd. All these shepherds talking together. And the sheep, probably seven, eight hundred sheep. And one of the shepherds leave and he calls out to the sheep. And the sheep go. And I'm like, how does he know which is his sheep? And it goes back to that verse in John 10, 4. It says, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And I've said this before, if you want to know the Lord's voice, you need to be in his word. And sheep will go astray, but the shepherd will come after him and track him down. In Luke chapter 15, verses 3 through 7, it says, so he told him this parable, what, what man of you have a hundred sheep if he has lost one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one uh, that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than, uh, than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. You know, when we think about that, he, 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 he leads me in paths of righteousness. And, and so when we're guided by God's Word, we're, we're, we're being guided in the pursuit of righteousness and, and doing what, what glorifies God. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, it says, And those who uh, are wise shall shine like brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many righteousness, righteousness like the stars forever and ever. You're to shine like the sun, the S-O-N, like Jesus Christ. 
And you're to turn people to righteousness, which glorifies God. But if you're living a life of unrighteousness, and they're going, don't you go to church? Aren't you a Christian? Are you going to turn that person towards righteousness? No. So we have to be careful because we can lead people astray. Our second point is, is the, the shepherd provides peace in verse 4. In Psalm 23, 4 it says, and this is probably one of the most uh, written uh, verses in literature out of the Bible, is even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And he's talking about the peace. And when you, when you, you look at peace and you think, why is death peace? Because when you're in the valley and everyone in this room will be in the valley. Everybody. You're not, you're not getting past that. You don't go from mountaintop to mountaintop. You have to go in the valley. And in the valley, that's where you experience those, those things that, that trouble you in the valley that should make you cling to the shepherd where it's death or financial loss. Loss of, loss of a job or, or illness. Or where you have a prodigal son that's, or daughter that's, that's gone away from the Lord. Or a troubled marriage. You're going to be in those valleys. And, and what, what happens, unfortunately, with a lot of people when they get in the valley is they do one or two things. This is what happens. They, on the mountaintop, they'll either cling to the shepherd still... Or they start to pull away because they think everything's good. And when they get in the valley, they start to do what? They either cling to the shepherd or they disappear. And, and so what we need is we need to be uh, clinging to the shepherd in the valley and, and even on the mountaintop. It's, it's, it's about our relationship. In Isaiah 26.3 it says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to, and this is the part that people don't get, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So the thing that you go through, as a believer, is to help the person in the church that may be going through the same thing or in your family. And you go, why am I going through this? And you've gotten through this and you're on the other side of it. And you see where God showed up. But now you have somebody in the church or somebody in your family or in the community that's going through it. And they need the wisdom that God gave you to impart to them, to counsel them, to pray with them. To be there for them as they just maybe they just need to cry and just be heard. And see, we, we have to remember that as believers, there's more to our faith than just faith. We have to actually use it. In Romans chapter 5, 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Psalm 56, 3 says, When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. 
And unfortunately, what happens is many Christians try to avoid the, fa- the valley in their camp. You're not going to. Every one of us will end up in the valley at some point. And so the thing that you should be clinging to is the shepherd and his word in the valley because that's what's going to provide you comfort. In Isaiah 40, verse 8, it says, uh, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. And Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So when the valley starts getting dark, what's light in your way? And Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we, we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And then finally, we shared this verse last week in Isaiah 40, verse 11. It says, He will tend his flock like a shepherd, He will gather the lambs in his arms and he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are are with the young. The thing is, is like he, he may have to carry you through the valley. He may have to actually pick you up and carry you through the valley. And that's okay. We have to go to God's word. We have to go to his promises. We have to... Seek prayer. We have to stick to the flock. Because sometimes we get isolated and we just we start spending all the time by ourselves. And that's why it's important for us to stick together. And we seek godly wisdom and godly counsel. First Peter five seven says, Casting all our anxieties on him because he cares for you. And Psalm 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You have to start looking at life from faith's point and not through fear. You have to start knowing that the beginning of understanding is the fear of the Lord, the reverence of God. I'm going to read you some things here and you're going to, you're going to see kind of what the enemy has been throwing at us since 2000. Some of you weren't even born, right? Man, I feel old now. 2001. When were y'all? 2008. Ooh. 2006. 2000, we had Y2K. How many of of us remember Y2K? It was going to be a banking catastrophe, right? Pull all your money from the bank because the the world's going to shut down. In 2001, anthrax is going to kill everybody. Remember, they had anthrax showing up at all the different uh, facilities in D.C. 2002, the West, the West Nile virus is going to kill you. That was going around. 2003, SARS is going to kill you. 2005, the bird flu is going to kill you. 2006, E. coli is going to kill everyone. They had a bad E. coli outbreak and and i believe it was in africa in 2008 we had the financial collapse and all of us remember that because many of us saw people lose houses jobs right 2009 the swine flu was around and they thought that was going to kill us 2012 we had the craziness of the mayan calendar which people actually believed which was horrendous Uh, it's 2013, North Korea was going to start World War III. 2014, Ebola virus was going to kill us. Remember when Ebola was going around? 
2015, ISIS was going to kill us. 2016, the Zika virus is going to kill us. 2020, the coronavirus shows up. We put our, our fear in the Lord. All of those are headlines from, from newspapers. See, faith is trusting what the eye can't see. So when the eye sees a prowling lion, faith sees Daniel's angel. When the eye sees the storm, faith sees Noah's rainbow. When, when your eyes see your faults, faith sees your Savior. When your eyes see your guilt, faith sees His blood. When your eyes see your grave, faith sees a city whose builder and maker is God. Your eyes look in a mirror and see a sinner, a failure, a promise breaker, but faith, you look in a mirror and you see a robbed prodigal bearing the ring of grace on your finger and the kiss of your father on your face. When God whispers your name. In verse 5 it says, uh, as we look at the protection of the shepherd, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Uh, one of the things that we see here is actually when it talks about preparing a table before the enemy, actually in Israel they have these things called adder snakes. And they live about 18 inches under the ground. And so what they would do with the adder snakes is the shepherd, before the sheep ever come, the shepherd's going to go where they're going to eat and put oil around every hole. And the sheep are eating with the enemy below them about 18 inches. Because they have what? The shepherd's protection. And that's for us one of the things that we need to remember is that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. He's preparing a table before him. And so your focus should be on Him, right? Not the enemy. Because that's what, what's going on right now is our focus is on the world and the misinformation of the world when our focus should be on the shepherd, the person who's preparing a table for us before, before our enemies. And he says, And you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And the shepherd would use the oil to repel insects and to, uh, to prevent conflict uh, with, with when the, the sheep would butt heads and, and heal their wounds. And they would even have these weird uh, flies that would actually go up the sheep's nose. And, and, and that's nasty. I'm sorry. I know it's Sunday morning. But it would leave larvae in in the, uh, the, the sinus cavity. And they start hatching and it drives the sheep crazy. And they, they beat their head against a rock or a post until they kill themselves. Because it, all it takes is a little bit of oil on the nose. And the shepherd does that. The shepherd that takes care of it. That's why it says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. The shepherd knows exactly what the sheep need. In Psalm 147.3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wound. In Psalm 103.3, it says, uh, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. In Psalm 25.1-2, it says, 
Uh, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, O my God, and in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. And so right now it may seem like the enemy's winning. He's not. We already know there's victory. Jesus died on the cross. It's done. And you go, but we're living in this. It's okay. Again, where is your fear at? Your fear should be in the reverence of the Lord. Turn off the, kill the Facebook for a little bit. Turn off the Instagram. Get, just stop for a little bit. Take rest. Intermission of toil. Because that's not really toil, but you're doing this. All, and it's like, man, can you believe? Oh, my Lord, can you believe? And you're just from one thing to the next. Just turn it off. Just turn it off. Last point is the shepherd provides eternal security. I love this verse in, in Psalm 23.6. It says, and, and I, I believe uh, Shane and Shane have a song for this, uh, a worship song called Surely Goodness and Mercy. It's a beautiful song. But it's surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I love the word all. When you give your life to the Lord, you're His. You're His sheep. All. In the Greek, what does it mean? All. <laughs> I love that. It, it means all the days of my life, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's, that's eternal security. That's also freedom in Christ. So that way we can live for the Lord. And I love that phrase. It's, it doesn't matter what, what you're going through, what mood that you're, you may be having or, or what's happening in your life. It's, it's, he is going to take care of you. Our minds change, but God's doesn't. Our devotion may falter, but God's never does. Even in our faithlessness, He's still faithful. Because He's God. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 says, If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. Even when you're struggling, and you're going, remember, we're going to get to that verse in Mark chapter, I think, 9. Where it talks about when he, he says, just believe. And he says, help my unbelief. And, and, and it's a beautiful verse. But just remember this. In Hebrews 13.8, y'all know the verse very well. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is there. He cares. He never abandons us. He says, And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, very important for you to understand that your citizenship is heaven. This is not your home. That's why it feels so uncomfortable. It's not, this is not your home. This is not your final resting stop. You have an eternal, if you've given your, your heart to Christ and you've repented, you have an eternal address. Now, you have an eternal address either way. This is what people don't talk about. You will spend eternity either in heaven or hell. 
That's, that's the reality of it. But your citizenship, if you belong to Christ, is in heaven. And so that's why it's so rough to see the things the way they are right now. And that's why we're, we're like, man, what in the world's next? Heaven? The second coming of Christ is real soon. We're going to be talking about that when we get into the book of Daniel. Things are lining up. Jesus will be returning very soon. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. And He's also, also he, put, he has put eternity into man's heart. Yet so that he cannot, uh, cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. And so every one of us have this desire, this yearning for eternity to know who God is. Every one of us. Some of us, it took longer. Some of us, at very young age, you gave your life to the Lord. But we all have that eternal address. Revelation chapter 7, verse 17 says, uh, For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and He will guide them to the springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. In Revelation 21.3 it says, and I, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of, of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be with His people, and God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither there shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, any more for the former things that passed away. And you know, when I read that, uh, the one thing I thought about was that's what happens in the valley. We go through the mourning and the death and the crying and the pain, but it's going to be no more. So that's what we have to ask ourselves is if, if he's our shepherd, do we know his voice? John 10, 4 says, and, we, and, and when he brings out his own sheep, he, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. You know, one of the things that's very important for us, you can go ahead and come on up, sir, as we get ready. I have to turn that, turn that on, because it is, and I'll explain communion. Let's see if we can get you in here. Um, because it is Communion Sunday, um, one of the things that we do have to talk about is uh, communion is, uh, is for believers, for those that are followers of Christ. And I know that we have people that watch online, and I don't know whether or not you're following or not, and I want to give you the opportunity as well as all of us. But it says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27, it says, Whoever... Therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord is in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. And uh, it goes back to uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. So you have to be a follower of Christ to receive communion. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, uh, then he will sit on his glorious throne before him will be gathered all nations and he will separate the people one from another as shepherds separate sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right 
but the goats, I can't say it. So he'll place the sheep on the right, but he'll put the goats on the left. And you think, where is, where is Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father? Right? And then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you are blessed, my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation of the world. And so there may be some here today that, that, that or, or maybe even online that have not chosen to follow Jesus Christ to make him the shepherd of their life. Um, there is no other way to heaven except through Jesus. In John chapter 11, verses 25 through 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life, whoever believes. Uh, though he die, yet he shall live, and everyone who believes, who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do, do you believe this? And so for us as, as, as believers, one of the things that we did when we first came to know Jesus Christ is we had to admit that we were a sinner. Now, you, I, I, my little granddaughter, I mean, she's three, and she's, she lied already. And I was like, who taught her to do that? We're born with that sin nature, um, unfortunately. And so we have to admit that we're a sinner. Then we have to ask for forgiveness of our sin and be willing to turn away from our sin, uh, to repent. And then we believe that Christ died on the cross and was resurrected. And we receive Christ in our heart, and, uh, and we allow him to be the Lord and the shepherd of our life. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it says uh, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth conf confession is made unto salvation. So if you want to close your eyes and... If, if, if you're watching online and, and you want to give your life to the Lord, uh, just say this prayer after me. If you're here, you want to say this prayer after me, it's fine. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe in my heart you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Be the Lord and the shepherd of my life. You are my Savior, and help me do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.